Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we're going to have a scorcher out there for the next few days. So um, we all know what we need to do when we get that. Uh, do a little bit of watering will definitely make a big difference. And uh, if you'd like to get on the phone calls early, you can give me a shout. 403-974-8255 or from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And one of the biggest things, if you have the big trees and that in your yard, they they need extra water at this time. Um, they like Especially the big birch, a lot of those things, they, they, they need that um, extra hydration because you got to think they have all that foliage up top. They need they need some hydration to help keep them, keep all the foliage nice. Because one of the tree's natural instinct, if it's not getting enough water, they start shutting down from the top down. So that's when you see your birch tree start dying from the top and other things like that. It's just they're not getting enough enough water off of there. So got a quick text here too. Morning, Merle. Is it okay to prune my potentillas? Absolutely. You can trim them up. Almost any time, um, and it's good to do them quite readily. All like do it on a fa- fairly regular basis, as it uh, really helps keep them nice and fresh. So if you give them a good little shave first thing in the spring, it really helps keep them blooming all summer. I know my neighbor has done done theirs, and they look great. They're nice. They bloom white, and they're just going like crazy. So it's uh, it's a great thing to do get a good habit because potentillas can get a little bit ratty looking if you just leave them so and here i got one more text i'll take hi there could you what does it say here could you please tell me how to fertilize my hydrangeas how much longer can they be fertilized and what with right now they're in big containers and had a shot of hail damage this summer and starting to recover. Um, at this time, if you've got a bunch of hail damage and they're not looking like they need a little bit of... Uh, Rage Plus is probably one of the best things to do that really helps get them back into good shape and, and doing what they should do. And other than that, feed them 15, 30, 15. Typically in August is the month where we don't really want to fertilize a whole lot. You can use 0, 10, 10. Um, you can, you can also use the rage plus, but once September hits, then we can start hitting them again because they're starting to shut down, but then we can fertilize with the 15, 30, 15 or the 20, 20, 20 again, just because then that puts all those nutrients back into the plant, builds up its sugar levels and gets it ready to go crazy next spring. So it gets all that food and energy into it. Um, so that way it's still alive. It's still downloading. We used to always think to just totally not fertilize with any nitrogen going into fall, but didn't do a lot of reading lately. And it's sort of, they're changing that they've done more and more research and they're finding you definitely want to slow down in the August area. But once you get into September, after we have some cool times and the and the plants are starting to to download for fall, um, un- unfortunately that bad F word that we have uh, the fall, it it is coming. It is unbelievable how fast the summer has gone. It's uh, what is it? April or August 16th already. It feels like April is this year and it's already gone past. So it's uh, it's been a a, a, a wild uh, summer. It's fast. And with all this COVID stuff and everything, sort of keeping uh, keeping us all on our toes a bit. So again, just want to get out there, do some early morning watering, um, get your trees, those big trees, put the soaker hose around the drip line, any newly planted 
trees and shrubs and then any of your flowers and stuff like that. Right now is a good time to get out and do a little watering first thing in the morning. But right now I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Al. Hello? Hello. Hi, Al. Hi. Um, it's Ellie. Hi, Ellie. Hi. I was wondering, um, can I cut my delphiniums down to about a foot or two or my Maltese cross down? Um, yeah, are they done blooming? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's a good time. And on the, on the delphinium, you might even get another shot of, of flowers come up. If you do it right when they're done blooming, um, there's a good chance they might send up another blast of flowers for you. Uh, sh- uh, should I cut them right to the ground? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And then it also, because they tend to, if you leave them, um, when they start dying back, they tend to get that powdery mildew and stuff like that as well. They do, they have them already. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just good to get that cleaned up. And you can treat that with uh, pure spray green. Right. and And that works really well on the powdery mildew and aphids and, and stuff. But I've seen delphiniums a lot of times. If, if you get them, you'll get another shot of them, hopefully. so. Uh, that's interesting. But... Um, I just want to uh, ask you about peonies too. Yeah. Just, uh, just trim them. Yeah, you just trim off the blooms off the top, leave the foliage, and then let that all download. And then I leave it for winter for the most part. Yeah, I want. I wanted to cut the foliage a little bit. Yeah, you can take some off, but try to leave some because it it takes all that. It works like a big solar panel. Right. So it's soaking up all the energy, and then it's downloading it into its bulb. So that way, next spring, it'll hopefully give you some nice, great flowers in uh, early summer there. Okay. I wanted to go out and water this morning, but it is so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's uh, it's a perfect time to to throw the soaker hose and stuff like that and give your plants a nice shot in the morning. Right. And uh, get them ready for this uh, heat that we're going to have later on today. So We are. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Ellie. Bye. Have a great one. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm getting ready for that horrible heat. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a warm one. So oh, I can't handle it. Well, I have to do what I need to do outside now. Yeah, get out early and get her done when it's cool before yeah. noon, sort of thing, and then uh, find a nice shady spot and watch the Flames game. Oh, <laughs> it, that starts at noon today, so everyone Does can it? go inside and uh, watch some Flames hockey and uh, stay cool. But hopefully, well, hopefully they're hot. I've I've got a problem with right. my I I've got this spring a little fig twig it was at the time but is now becoming a fig tree. Okay, it's got beautiful leaves, but I notice uh, some webbing between uh, two of the lobes and there's tiny little I think they call them spider mites. Yeah. Yeah, if How you get, do I get rid of those little hummers? Yeah, we have a couple things. You can use a product. Again, on the fig tree, um, what I would do is probably the pure spray green. Okay. It works great on, on that. And But the only thing is you have to spray it a couple times. Yeah. And it's always good to even just get a, a cloth or something and just sort of wipe, try and get a lot of the webs off, and then give it a good spray after that. A well, couple times. I, yeah, I have already wiped. It, it just seems to be on one leaf. I've gone over it with a fine tooth comb, and it, it's only the one leaf. Yeah, and, and I just pick that leaf off if it's if it's if it's starting to change the color of the leaf. In that, sometimes the foliage it's it's not worth trying to save it. 
Well, it, it's got some little <laughs> little round um, dot of. Uh, okay, that's probably it's starting to lay the eggs and stuff. Yeah, just cut that right off. Oh dear, that's such a pretty leaf. <laughs> yeah, but it's just once it starts sucking the nourishment out of it, it's not yeah. going to look good anyway. So. Okay. Yeah, and that that'll just help, and then just squish that and throw it in the garbage right away, and uh-huh. then give it a couple of sprays, and you should be good to go. All right. Thank you. All righty. Bye bye. Have a good one. Bye bye. Will do. Bye bye. All right. And where am I at? I'm going to go. Get time for one more before the break. We'll chat with Peter. Good morning, Peter. Hi. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing very well so far. Thank you for for asking. Awesome. Uh, I, uh, my potatoes. Yeah. I sent you a Yeah, I looked at, yeah. There, there look, that looks pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I I, kind of looked at that, and I'm just trying to figure out um, if it it did some sort of fungus, or did the, did, like, when we had that heat the week ago or two, and when it got really hot there earlier, did they get dried out at all through there? Because inconsistent watering, the, the potatoes will will react like that as well. That could have happened, but uh, you know I suggested it might be a blight. Yeah. Do you do you uh, rotate your crops? Actually, I no, I don't, but what I do is every fall I bury the leaves in there. Yeah. And Sometimes, I I, re- I renew the soil. Yeah, but you should rotate cuz then that helps prevent any of those kind of things as well where you get the funguses and that. So, especially with tomatoes and root crops, and I would probably not um, bury the potato leaves right where you're planting the potatoes as well. Because okay. that way, if there is any fungus or anything like that, it's right in the soil again. Yeah, actually, what I do is I bury tree <coughs> leaves. I just rake up the leaves from around, and I bury them in there. Okay. But, uh, but the tomatoes right next door to them are doing great. Okay. Yeah, tomatoes like that more, the, that uh, nitrogen, but the potatoes need more of the phosphate. So oh. you might be getting just too much nitrogen in the soil as well. Okay, that's the middle number, isn't it? Is well, the, the nitrogen's is the first one, but the potatoes need the middle number. I see, the middle number. Okay, yeah, that's for you. flowering and roots <laughs> and stuff like that. But the tomatoes, they like it more up top as well. Like they can handle, because the, they're quite vigorous growing up oh, on the foliage. Oh, they're fine. They're great performers. Yes, yeah, so they're probably liking, so that would, that tells me that you've probably got too much nitrogen in the soil. Okay. And yeah. and the potatoes don't like that, but the tomatoes do. So um, just rotate next year. Try and move the t- potatoes to a different spot. And don't give them too nice, like you can make the soil nice, but they they don't mind it a little bit rough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they don't need it. To, like, don't put too much compost. Don't give them too much. Okay. Sure. So, yeah. Right. I, one more, one sure. more question. Um, when I go to the hardware store, I see those fluorescent tubes. They, they're grow lights. Yeah. They advertise them as grow lights. Are they any good? Um, depends what brand they are. Like we have this, um, the Sun Suncaster, I believe, is the brand that we have, oh, yeah. and they say full spectrum. So that you just have to make sure they say full spectrum on them, right? Because then that it simulates the actual sun. Okay. Because what I normally do is I use the uh, soft, I mean the uh, the cool white and the warm white. And, uh, yeah, those ones course. don't really do much. It depends as long unless they have the. The, where it says full spectrum, like, and then it sort of has the certain red and blue lights and stuff like that. So full spectrum, okay. Yeah, great. that's what you're looking for. That's the one that simulates the sun the best. Thank you very much. All righty, have a good one. Bye, Peter. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right. And a um, couple of tomato. I can't believe how many tomatoes I got. I do the the yellow one. I think it's called Sugar Daddy or something like that. And I probably have 500 tomatoes on there. They're starting to ripen. But it's so funny. I had little dogs, I had little Shih Tzu dogs, and they just, we have to block off around the tomato plant because they, they just go in there and they just pick tomatoes like crazy. They love them. But uh, it doesn't do so good for their bellies if they eat too many. And uh, and is it recommended to trim out tomatoes? If so, how and, and when? Yes, it's absolutely, it makes a big difference. It's sort of on the main stems. You'll see where they send out little suckers, it looks like. It's good just to, to trim those all off or cut them off. Um, that way all the energy goes to the main stalks and to the main fruit that it's going to produce like crazy for you. And you should be, um, the tomatoes, we had a, it was cooler spring, early, early summer. So some of the tomatoes, they're probably getting lots now. Like I said, mine just started ripening sort of a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, if you're growing some of the bigger ones, you're probably not quite ripening yet unless you had it in a greenhouse or something like that. But, uh, you should start seeing it, especially with this heat. The tomatoes love this. So you should be seeing some great stuff. I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Helen. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, I I was given a mandevilla plant. Okay. Yeah, they're usually a great little plant. Nice little vine. Yeah, oh, and, and okay. Now, it started climbing up that hook that it came with, the mm-hmm. hanging hook. Mm-hmm. And I put a tomato cage on it. Yeah. And it and I put some some bamboo uh, stakes with uh, uh, in with the tomato cage, and they're climbing up the the bamboo. But how 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 tall will it get? Oh, it can keep going. Like it 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 will go like four or five feet, sort of at least. Like it can't get that tall, depending on how long our summers last and uh, and uh, things like that. So. Well, one tomato cage wouldn't be enough then. But you can get it circling all around it, right? And just make it nice and bushy. Oh. Oh, it'll just... Oh, I can circle it around it. Yeah, just keep it going around. That way it'll get a nice big clump. And and is it flowering right now for you? Oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I know. Those are great. So, um, and they do... Just make sure you continue to feed it. They do like the 153015 high middle number. And that's uh, that's great for those mandevillas. And then if you're going to bring it inside as a house plant, you can do that. Just make sure you give it a spray of something to watch for spider mites or aphids if you're bringing it inside. Sure. And, like, I can keep it over winter and it'll bloom again next year. Yeah, absolutely. No, they make house plants. We sell them as house plants, too, throughout the winter. So. Oh. And what would happen if I wouldn't put the tomato steak with it? Uh, it would just it would either start crawling on the ground or uh, over the pot. Like they they do need something to climb up on. Oh, okay. Yeah, it would it'd be sort of like a hanging basket. It would sort of hang over. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you ever so much, and I really enjoy your show. Thank you, and I enjoy doing it. And thanks for calling in, Helen. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. All right, and I got a couple texts that I'll go through. Good morning. I hope you can offer an opinion. I had 16 Pikes Peak sunflowers in my alley growing fine and then appeared to turn mutant. Um, I would almost say if they're in the back alley, I, I'm 
when I see that virus, it's a virus that got on it. And the, when tomatoes do that, you just basically got to throw them away. So unfortunately, your sunflowers, or they got sprayed with Killex, and it didn't kill them. It just made them sort of go mutant like that. And they kind of get deformed. And it, it, it just reminds me of someone who has bar, bad arthritis in their fingers. Um, so unfortunately, um, they're not going to recover out of that. So I would just say either have a fungus on there or it looks like maybe someone got sprayed a little bit on there and uh, and see what you got there. But uh, hopefully that helps. It's, it's unfortunate when, and sometimes if you're using older soil or something like that, um, yeah. And I got one more text here. Good morning, Merle. Help. What do I do with potted lilacs now that their blooms are gone? And can they overwinter in the garage? And would I cut the stems back? Thanks for an help. Um, typically, lilacs, like, they would prefer to be in the ground. You can leave them in a bigger pot in an unheated garage. Um, you could even leave them outside in the shade. Um, find a cool, dark place. Or it doesn't have to be dark, but just a cool spot where not in the sun uh, for the wintertime. And then you can leave them right there. Just reminds me, actually, my my neighbor actually has the bloomerang um, lilac, and it's re-blooming right now. It's pretty cool. Like, it always blooms in August. Right in front of his garage, it's just uh, full of blooms. It looks awesome. So if you are looking for those bloomerang, they do do quite well here in Calgary. So if you want that second batch of flowers that uh, comes in August, um, just got to make sure you have the bloomerang and... Uh, and that'll help uh, give you some more flowers in throughout the summertime. Uh, actually, does it help to... Yes, it does. Which one? Oh, I was just reading one. That he wants to cut the seed pods off the lilac. And I go, yes, it does. He goes, which one? Hurt or help? Uh, sorry about that. Yes, it does help. Um, so you should just trim those off, the, just the pods. Um, just be careful. Don't go down too far because you don't want to cut into the buds of the new plants because that's where it's setting bud for next year. Um, so you got to watch when you trim your lilacs. But uh, sorry about that, Gord. I was a little vague. I get a lot of text, so I sometimes I am a little bit, uh, I give you sometimes two or three word answers. So please don't be offended, anybody, if you're getting text back by me and I, I don't use full sentences. I'm just trying to get through them all and hopefully answering properly. So uh, I apologize for that, uh, Gord, and I love your uh, emojis, your laughing out loud ones, so that's awesome. And I'm going to take a break here for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. And we're going to go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Yes, Merle. How can I help um, you? Well, it's my clematis. Okay. And yes, and it's it get turns brown. It turns kind of a gray color. Then the leaves just crisp right up, turn brown, and yeah, they just die. Yeah, sounds like you get when it gets that gray. It's probably you're getting hit with the powdery mildew on there. It kind of looks like a a bit of a film, kind of grayish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's typically powdery mildew. It is. Yeah. And then that kind of just rots them off. It sort of starves the leaves, and then they just shut down. Uh, yeah, and they just, they, they just, they're just so really crispy. Again, pure spray green. I did. Yeah. Twice, and it's still happening. So is it in a shadier spot no. in the water? Is it getting watered on the leaves? It could 
be. Okay, um, tr- if you can try to not water, because they, if you look at any of your plants that look, have little hairy, like they do, like they kind of have, looks like hair on the leaves a bit. Okay. Like if you look at a clematis leaf, really, they're not like a shiny smooth. Right, right. They have a little bit of a, a hair on them. And mm-hmm. so plants like that, it holds the water. And if it's in a bit of a cooler, shadier spot, um, you'll get a lot more. And if you water constantly on the leaves, you'll get um, powdery mildew on there. Okay. So, but once it gets bad, it takes it, it's hard to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So, but you have to do pure spray green sort of every three days for okay. four or five times sort of thing. You have to hit them pretty steady with it. Okay. And can you cut it out? Like I've cut yeah, if it's it really out. bad and brown, just cut them off because those leaves aren't going to come back anyways. So no, it's dead. Yep, yep. Just pull those off. Okay. And then uh, in September, give it a good shot of fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. And then that way it's building up the phosphate for next spring, so that okay. way it's able to take off and uh, do some nice growing. So what you want to do is either try and change your sprinklers so they're not spraying on the leaves if you can, mm-hmm. um, or just. Tr- sort of mid-July, beginning of July, when you're getting lots of foliage, just get on a weekly spray of the pure spray green to help combat that. Because uh, once the powdery mildew gets in there, it's hard to to right. fight it. Yeah, I've had this for over 24 years, and it never had anything this first time. It's ever had a problem. Yeah. So we had a cool, this spring was quite cool, and it was mm-hmm. wet, right? So that's yep. uh, perfect conditions um, for that powdery mildew. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And you have a good day. You as well. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was a good call. Let's go to Louise. Good morning, Louise. Hi there. Good morning. Hi. How can I help you? Um, I have a weeping birch. Yeah. And I'd like to trim it, like not prune the branches, but just trim some of, trim some of the, I'm not sure what they're called, the streamers. Yep. So is there any particular kind time of year? No, that that yeah, you, you should do it right now when they're fully leafed out. So your birch, maple um, type trees, you prune when they're fully leafed out like right now. Okay. So any dead damage, disease branching, and you can, like you call them the streamers, the ones that are coming down, you can yep. um, put it and really make sure um, um, birch trees love Rage Plus. Or mm-hmm. even just fertilizing them with good water. It makes oh. all the difference to help fight that birch leaf miner as well. Oh, I had it treated in the spring, oh, like good. with a root fertilizer and yep. um, treeasm, I think they called it. Yep, treeasm. Yep. Yeah, and it's been, as long as I do that, it's been great. Yeah, no, continue that. I know our uh, our pruned up guys are out doing a ton of those all over the place as well, our feeding program. It sure makes a difference when you see, when you get your trees on a regular program, like you were saying you're done, it, mm-hmm. it does make a big difference. And it, because oh, yeah. it, it, if you let them go, the plant, the, the pests know a tree that's suffering a bit mm-hmm. and they go after the weak ones, right? So then right. if you have a nice, strong, healthy one like yours, Mm-hmm. It's going to stay nice and healthy, so that's good. Okay. So how far can I trim it up? It's just like those fra- um, those streamers are getting pretty close, and I can hardly see my flower bed. Yeah, so you I can want to just them take up. them up as high as you like. like you can, there's no worries. You can take a bunch off the bottom. If you want to limit up a bit, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, and I've even used just a hedge trimmer on the ones that are just dangling, like if they're quite small, yeah. like in, in diameter, you can just do that too and just oh, trim yeah. it nice. and yep. Absolutely. Great. Thanks again. All right. You're welcome. Have a good day. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Looks like I got time for one more before the break here, and I'm going to go up to Robin. Good morning, Robin. 
Good morning. How are you this morning, Merle? I'm good. Oh, good, good, good. good. Nice I sunny day. Here. I, I have something I've wanted to do for a couple of years. Okay. Um, I have a Christmas cactus. It's about 30 years old, and it's huge. Yeah. And it, it's really root-bound, and it's looking bad. So how do I do that? It's really big. And do I take a saw? Can I cut it up into different plants? You, you, or how you, do you, I do you, it? you can split it up. Or you can just keep it together as one big pot, and you could just cut a third off the top of the whole thing. Oh. Uh, and if you want to do it that way, like you could just trim off a third of it. Um, but if you want to break it apart into a few different plants, you can do that as well. And basically, like you're saying, just get a good sharp knife, and you can cut through the root, um, and that that would work as well. Oh, okay. It's it, okay. So. Uh, but there doesn't look like there's any soil left in there. It's all root, and it's—it's. It's, uh, I don't know if cutting. <laughs> yeah, it off no, I've seen um, Christmas cactuses are the one plant that seem to get neglected. That we oh, don't we don't give I them. I hardly the, ever water it. The yeah. thing won't die. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that and honestly, you go to a lot of people's houses, right? And that's it's the one plant. It, it blooms. It does its thing, and then we kind of oh stuff gosh, it in the corner. I, I even had it in the basement for a while, and it survived that. Like it is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. No. No. They 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 keep giving. So yeah. So show it some I have love. One more question too. I, I just want to say about the sunflowers. I grew one this year, and yeah. I and I am amazed. I'm going to grow more, but the, the bees, it's it, they just it, there's always a bee um, crawling around in the center for that nectar. If you want to attract bees, sunflowers are the way to do it. Yeah, honestly, and they look so good, right? Doesn't that make you feel like summer when you see a a nice big sunflower like it? Oh, I'm I'm going to grow them again. I, this one was given to my little grandson in the spring by his teacher it was just a little seed to grow but yeah and i so i said well let's grow it and it's it's fantastic everybody comments on it it's beautiful the thing's about six feet tall yeah you don't <laughs> see a lot of them being grown but they're those ones that give you that um confidence right it builds confidence because hey look at what i grew i grew something six feet tall yeah, and, well, and that's what my little grandson is saying. It's bigger awesome. than him. <laughs> yeah, no, seeing that hopefully gets him into into gardening and uh, and growing some other stuff. And uh, kids love exactly. growing tomatoes too. Like it really helps with them, and it helps getting them eat more veggies too. So if, it uh, really does. It really does. And yeah, and also, how big are the carrots supposed to be right now? I'm growing carrots. They're about five feet or five feet, five inches. Are they going to get much bigger? Is there much growing going on from here? Yeah, there is, depending on what varieties you have as well. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, if you have the, and that's sort of when they get better, some of the other ones, because when we start getting our cool nights, that build, right. builds up the sugar content in those. So that's uh, when you start seeing it. And just make sure you just good consistent watering and uh you should be good to go cuz especially in this heat they they will shut down too if they don't if they're not getting the moisture they'll okay. shut down as well so give make sure they're getting that good deep watering down there for you to get that carrot going down deeper so okay well okay that's that I am doing that and if this is normal that's great I'm <laughs> No you're right on the right track <laughs> All uh, right well you have a wonderful day and thank you so much for You're all very welcome. Here. Yep take okay. care have a good one bye bye Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and uh, again, enjoying the heat 
And uh, with this whole COVID thing going on, actually, we went to a, a, a hotel concert last night. It was actually pretty fun. It was down at the Ramada, and uh, it was a ACDC tribute band. And uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was uh, everyone. There was just four people per room, and it's sort of like you had your own little private suite. You could order some room service, and the band was down playing down by the pool. And it was a lot of fun. Different. Uh, it's good to see local businesses, and this is a local company. And I know our sister station here, Country 105, was uh, one of the sponsors of it. But it's a great idea, and it was uh, um, seeing a concert in a in a different way in a safe way with with uh, physical distancing and stuff like that. So uh, good on them. And uh, I think it's called livehotel.ca um, or something like that. It's uh, It was great fun, though. Good uh, good entertainment and a uh, good local band. It was a, they called BCDC. They're out of Nelson. And if you're, if you're an older rocker like me, that's sort of the fun stuff. It was, uh, it was good. It was good. And then they had another local band that plays at Morgan's. I guess they have a world record for the longest residents playing. They're called Broken Toys and they're an 80s air band. So they were a lot of fun as well. So anyways, good on those guys uh, being innovative, thinking outside the box, creating a new uh, way to make some money and get people out, having some fun and enjoying some music because uh, it was great. So anyways, I'm going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I sent you a picture of my jade plant. Yeah. It was, I had a great big one, and about a year and a half ago, I asked you what to do with it because it was just getting so tall. Yeah. I cut it off, so that's what I did. And then it, it, it was fine. Everything was good. And then it got really big again. So I cut it a few weeks ago. Um, no, it's probably about a month and a half now. And I gave each of my grandkids one of them. Yeah, the cuttings. <laughs> yeah. And that one that I sent is my grandson's, and it's the only one that's done that. And I just want to know what's causing yeah, it. Yeah, I think I did respond to the text, and I'm just uh, I'm just trying to go through and uh, pick which one it was. And I can't remember. I've got quite a few to go back I I think I responded to you. Um, it, it looked like it was. Um, it looked gray almost, right? It, yeah, and there's two leaves that have a black spot on them. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's full of scale. What's the scale caused from? It's a bug. So what it is, it's a little bug that flies on there, and then it puts a little shell over top of itself. So it's sucking all the nourishment out of that. So pure spray green works really well. So it's loaded with scale. Like that thing is really, really bad. Um, I'm not sure if I would even try to. So what you need to do is spray it with pure spray green and then get it like a a rough cloth, like a terry cloth type thing and rub it and get all those off. You kind of have to just hand wash it um, and give that a try. Um, okay. But that one's pretty loaded. It's loaded with scale. Like what, what, It's a bug that goes on there? Yeah, so what it is, uh, the bug lands, and then it starts sucking nourishment out of the plant, but then it, it creates a shell, like a turtle shell over itself, so all those little white dots are like little protective shells for it. Uh-huh. And it, and then it just sits there, and they're just sucking all that juice out of that, uh, out of that jade, so... 
Okay. Well, he's really he doesn't he doesn't want to lose it. He yeah. So you got to get some pure green, okay. spray it, and then get a little cloth, like a like a terry cloth type thing, like a face towel, and just yeah. just rub it gently and just get all those off. Okay. All right. All that right. one has it pretty bad, so you're gonna have to do it a couple times. So. Oh, okay, and do it like every week or every well, day. Well, no, just have to get it under control. Like you'll, it'll take a couple, two or three times, and uh, and okay. then you should be okay. Will that kill the bug? Yeah, no, it does. It gets rid of it. So you you got you're really getting rid of the the host oh. of it, right? Okay, I'll, I'll. Yeah, that one has it pretty nasty. So. Yeah. Okay. righty. Let him know. All, All right. right. Thanks. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Yeah, you got to watch for that. Uh, scale's been very bad over the last uh, couple of years here, and especially outside in a lot of our trees and shrubs, because you don't really notice it. It's sort of they land on there, and they're not really a bug that crawls because they put the little shell over them and themselves, and they just they just start sucking the nourishment out of your trees or plants like this. So it's a it's a nasty one. So, and speaking of nasty, we got to take a break for a few more commercials. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and uh, going to go right to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Merle. How can I help I, you? Uh, I have a question. What do you uh, uh, think of uh, wicker uh, uh, gardening, like uh, in a container? Winter? Wicker. Oh, wicker. Wicker containers. Um, depending on what kind they are, like if you have the real thin stuff, um, um, they tend to rot out, but if you get a good quality bamboo one that has a sealant on it, um, they can do quite well. Or if they have a plastic pot inside them, something well, what like. What I was, what I was going to use was uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with uh, cattle supplements or whatever or uh, vitamins come in uh, big tubs, okay? Yep. And taking those tubs and and putting uh, uh, making that into a wicker container. Oh yeah, so that would be it. Would so it would have the container on the inside. Then you're just putting a, a more of an aesthetically pleasing outside to it so with the wicker. Well, yeah, like you would just put a false bottom in there. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? And then you'd put also before you put that soil in, you'd put a, a, a what um, a landscape mesh or yeah, a landscape fabric or something. Yeah. Fa- fabric in there. Absolutely. No, that would be fine. So, and how big are I, those? Are they fairly how big? Like how big a container? They're fairly big. They're 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 not bad for size. Okay? Which is good though. So those are great for even growing some tomatoes or a lot of your flowers. If you get because that is the problem in Calgary. Like a lot of people use too small a pots, and then right. when we get through our heat. And we have long days, and then there's just no roots left. There's nothing, no soil left. And most people's flowers, a lot of them, they end up looking real ratty by this time. Like when you get mid-August, we get into this heat, and there's just no soil for them to stay nice. So if you have a nice big pot like that, I, it, it's just so much better. And then your flowers will just look nicer all the way through. Because this is when we get our our good season, right? Like most plants are growing nice and big, get the nice flowers in August, September, and the colors get deeper. So, yeah, that no, it sounds great. Yeah, you know, like uh, just I heard people talking about sunflowers. Yeah. We, ha- we had one of these uh, 
tubs on our deck, and I have a bird feeder that's close to there. Yeah. <laughs> and feeding them, uh, like I feed them black sunflowers. I don't get the yeah. other ones. And birds are kind of messy. They, they're not real. Well, no, and then you got to hopefully have some ground feeders because if they do spill the odd one, usually the ground ones, the sparrows, are the ones that usually come around and they clean up the mess. So anyhow, we got some sunflowers that we didn't even plant. They grew it. Growing a couple of these tubs, they're absolutely tremendously awesome. No, and that's that's perfect. See, nice big, and I always tell people, like, just don't be afraid to go a little bigger pots because you do the little one if you have it in the south or west facing. It's just you're you're constantly trying to fight with them to keep them moist and uh, and and fed. But if you have a nice big container like that, your everything will be, and you can take a day or two off watering. You don't have to water every day, so. Well, that's what I, I've been, we saw that we were out at a, a, a friend of mine's place out uh, Munson, just east of Munson there, and they on a farm, and they, they were growing uh, tomatoes in one of these tubs yep. in the other. There were big tomatoes, and just awesome, and and he was, they, that's what they had done. Somebody had taught them how to do that. Yep. that and I started to think, well, this is the way to go. Absolutely. Well, you're on to something there, Gary, so keep it up. Okay. All right, Thank sir. You. Have a good one. You bet. Thanks, Merle. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah, no, and uh, that's a recycle, reuse. So that's another uh, great thing to do. And I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Oh, good morning. Hey, good morning. how can I help you, um, Merle? We have um, a birch tree is about forty foot high, and it has uh, we've had it for thirty years. Yeah, uh, we've got two questions: one, birch leaf miner, yeah, and two. Um, we're getting a deluge of uh, seeds falling this year. On the birch leaf miner, um, arborists uh, recommend we inject a systemic insecticide. Is that something we could expect success with? Yeah, we we do that through our prune it up division as well. Like, and we use trays on. Another thing we're finding too, if you have your tree on a good feeding program as well, because um, I know Mark, our our head arborist, he's the manager of the prune-up division. His house, he has a, he lives in an older area there in Maple Ridge, um, and he has a great big birch in the back, and uh, or Willow Park, sorry. And he he just he hasn't treated his own, but he just he feeds it twice a year, once in the spring, once in the fall, and this ensures it gets the water, and that makes all the difference as well. Like just ensuring because when they get big like that, and when you're getting lots of seed, that means it's stressed out. So what it's trying to do is reproduce itself. <laughs> all right. So that's what they do. Like when they get stressed, they just okay. I got it. What am I going to do? I got to send out some seeds. I got to reproduce. And, uh, so and the, it is unique uh, what we're getting now. It's it's. Um, I don't recall it ever happening before. Yeah. No. Well, it's a little bit unique, but it's it. They do go through cycles like as well when they send out their their seed blasts and things like that. But they typically do it a little bit more when they get stressed out. All right, and that stress is. Is lack of water? Or, lack of water and, and food. Because as they get bigger and bigger, um, there's just not as much nourishment to get all the way to the top up there. Mm-hmm. And our, our flash rains and that, they help. But just that, do a good, slow, deep watering. And I'll be honest, like, they do love the, the Rage Plus. 
um, fertilizer as well, or the the tree injection. I think we're, in what numbers we're using, like, we're using like a ten, thirty, sixteen, or something like that. I can't remember in in our injection. Okay, so, that's we, not the uh, birch leaf miner. No, we yeah. do a deep uh, root fertilizer program um, where our, our our team goes out and they they go all the way around the drip system, drip line of your tree, and they inject the the fertilizer into the ground. So. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, just on that birch leaf miner, one last question. Then the uh... hey, actually, I'm just going to put you on hold, John. I got to take a break for the news here. I'm right up against the hour. Okay. Thanks. All right. All right. Got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go back. We're going to finish up with John. He had one more question. Uh, hi, hey, hi, Merle. Um, back to the uh, birch leaf miner insecticide. Um, ha- has it proven to be successful in all cases, or is it a hit and miss depending no, on timing? And it's other pretty purposes? successful. And and our guys, if if we've missed it, we won't. We, they don't inject it. It'll still be in there. But if you're hitting it like just as it's leafing out, is the best time because then it gets up there when it's taking all the nourishment up into the leaves. And uh, and it and it we've had really good success with it. So that'd be in April, kind of thing. No, I'm not quite that early. Um, sort of more May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've tried spraying nematodes around the tree in the spring without success. So I thought uh, this is the last resort, I guess. Yeah, and and the nematodes work. They need to go. Uh, they sort of and the timing needs to be fairly good, like mm-hmm. right on with those, because what they're doing is they're attacking it when it's a fly still. Yes. And uh, and then get it from that point. So, yeah. um, we're also having good success with ambush, like with a permethrin on it. So a- again, um, keeping it healthy, the water and fertilizing it twice a year uh, makes a big, big difference on your birch trees. All right, with that and right. Uh, and well, thanks uh, so much. Uh, give that a try. It. Yeah. All right. Thanks, John. Take care. Bye bye. All right, we're out here. We're gonna go to Helen. Good morning, Helen. Oh, hi, Merle. Hi. Uh, I wanted to talk about wasps. All right. Thought you might be able to give me some suggestions. Yep. I have wasps uh, going in under my patio cement steps, and I don't want to kill them. So will they just take off when the cold weather comes? Um, Probably not. Not if they're building a, a nest in there, because that's what they look for. Like, they go under stairs, things like that, to get in somewhere where they have shelter, mm-hmm. and it's warmer, where they can go dormant, and they hang out for the winter as well. Okay, so just leave them then. Well, like, if, I don't if, they're not, them. if they're not bothering you, <laughs> yes, but the, sometimes a wasp close to the house, you just, you'd hate to get, uh, all of a sudden one day they decide to come at you, right? Okay. So... A wasp nest, I would probably look at probably getting rid of it. Um, yeah, and, well, I can't because it's under the pad, like under yeah. the uh, step. Yeah. I come out of my sliding doors, then I step down onto this pad, and they're in underneath. It. They're going in there. <laughs> yeah, we have a spray nozzle that you can get. Like It's a wasp spray, and yeah. it has a longer nozzle that you can stick in the crack of that and spray it inside there. Okay. Um, it won't kill them all. Like, you know, I, I don't want to kill all No, these. I know, and that's always the thing, but when they go into the wrong spot like that, 
it, it just makes it, especially if they're wasps, they just, uh, yeah, well, you might want to even call an exterminator of some sort and see how they can help you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks. Ellen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, the wasps were always, like, and I agree, you don't want to. And I'm amazed at, I was just out in the backyard watering yesterday morning, and uh, my hydrangeas are just blooming like crazy. But it's amazing how many flies and bees are on them and just doing that pollination thing. Um, so it's, it, it's just nice to see all the all the bugs on there. And here, I got a text um, Help, what's wrong with my hops? It's 10 years old, does this every year, worse and worse. So what it is, it's either leafhopper and spider mite, it gets in there. So you got to start treating it early, um, sort of when all that new foliage comes up, sort of beginning of July, and you need to just spray it sort of every five days, unfortunately. Virginia creepers, hops, things like that. And they are heavy feeders as well. So good nourishment, lots of water, and uh, and, and you can fertilize those uh, uh, hops with that. But they need to get sprayed once a week at least or every five days with pure spray green through that when you start seeing those leaf hopters when it starts getting warm. So usually the first week in July um, is when I would start to give that a spray and because uh, they, they're such a gorgeous vine. But when they get all that brown, ratty look, it's uh, they're not quite as nice. So hopefully that will help you get those under control. And I would just cut all those off right now or just pull them off. And uh, and you can give them a spray right now and uh, and see if that will help just uh, curtail those for the rest of the season. So, And we're at 10-11. I got a bit more time before the break. I'm going to go to Karen. Good morning, Karen. Hi, good morning. How can I, I help just you? have a question about potatoes. Okay. Okay, so um, I've done all the things that you need to do with potatoes up to this point. But when do you stop watering them? My potatoes, the tops have fallen and they're turned yellow. Yep. Um, so do I stop watering them at this point? Yeah, or? for the most part, yeah. So if they're done, if they've shut down on top, um, yep. have, have you dug any up yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, I, I would see what they're doing underneath there, because once they get to that point, they they don't really do a lot more down below too. If they've shut down on top for you, okay. Yeah, so I would uh, I would just look at digging them up, and uh, and harvest what you got and store them properly to that way you get them for the, for a while and uh, and then go from there. Okay, great. All right. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Nothing like fresh potatoes, though, right? Like out of the garden, like holy. Mm, tastes so good. Let's go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hello. How are you doing today? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I've got a dogwood hedge that kind of I let get way too big, like it's 12, 15 feet tall. Wow, that's, that's, that's amazing for a dogwood. That's good. <laughs> uh, well, I live out by Madden, so lots oh, okay. of rain and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, but I do want to tame it back to a real hedge, and so I'm wondering. I'm I'm going through it now and cutting out all the big dead stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering when and how I should should I chop it right back to the ground or if take it down to four feet or yeah. What what height are you looking to get it at? Like where do you probably want around a four to five foot hedge? Yeah, and all depends how thick the branches are. Like, if they're under the size of your like your pinky or something like that, if they're if the most of the diameter is smaller than that, I would just trim it to that height you want, 
And okay. but I'd probably almost wait now until fall, till maybe it, it's lost its leaves or early early spring. Um, okay. And then just let it start fresh next spring like that. That's what I thought. I didn't want to whack it down now because it's you know, let it's it download its energy. Work. Yeah, no, and let, yeah, let it download its energy. And then when you do it, when it's lost its leaves, you'll be able to see any of the deadwood a lot easier as well. Yeah, yeah. And so there, there, are, there's lots of small stuff, but there's lots of branches that are are stalks that are two inches or whatever. Yeah, so in some of those, I would just take right out. Like if you have lots yeah. of those when you get it to the four foot, I would assess it maybe this thing. Okay, visualize if you're cutting it to four feet, what's it going to look like? If you're getting yeah. a lot into that two-inch diameter, I would almost look at just going right down to the ground and let it go fresh and then keep yeah. it at that uh, at that height. Yeah, I, I think I'll pick through. There's, there's lots of newer plants come up that are that'll be real appropriate in the spring. Yeah, is it a, so like, is it a yellow twig or red twig or? Red. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's a nice bush, and uh, I just kind of let it go, though, and so now I, I want to well, take it Not back. many people get a dogwood head, so uh, good on you. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Good. Okay, thanks. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we have a couple spots left open on the phone line if you want to call in, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. We've got a text here. It says, have a tall mugle pine. When is the best time to trim it down to thicken it up? Unfortunately, uh, a pine that's kind of been left this long, um, it's going to be really hard to thicken it up. you can try taking some stuff off the top and 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 cut some of the candles off each of the tops of the branches and and thicken up but if you just cut it um it's not really going to thicken up again like they're not one for that like if you try taking it down to 2 or 3 feet you could take a bit off the top um yeah, unfortunately, just when they've been left that long, it, it, it's hard. It's unlike a shrub. We can't do a rejuvenation or anything like that on those. So uh, i sorry you can't do that, but uh, it is what it is on those, unfortunately. And the best thing when you get in the mugo pines is when they get the new little fingers or candles early spring, when they send those up, just break them in half. And then next year it'll send out two or three from that spot. And if you do that every year, it'll keep it uh, keep it tamed down and thicken up, so they just don't go crazy like that on you. And uh, where are we? Hi. Oh, sorry about that. Hi. Always enjoy your pro. Oh, where did it go? The text. Sorry. Hi. Always enjoy your program. I'm having a couple issues. First with a. Just the berry leaves are droopy, yellowing on the bottom. Second is a cucumber hothouse, also yellow and lanky. Cucumbers are bitter to taste. All surrounding plants are thriving. I will try to call in Allison. I'm just going to pull this up on the on the thing. Yeah, the, they look good. Like all your plants, they actually look fairly healthy in the bottom picture. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, on the ones up against there, I just think it's probably too hot and this lack of moisture. I'd do a little bit more even watering and and give it some uh, some food in there. And on those ones, you want to do the 15, 30, 15 on both of those. And then just good even watering. And on your cucumbers, when you get that um, not great taste and so, that, again, it's just inconsistent watering. And it looks like you're up against the foundation, so chances are it's fairly dry. 
Um, so just try and get a little bit more even watering, and uh, that should help you out. Okay, I'm going to go one more call before the break. I'm going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, yes, I have a green ash. Yep. In uh, my front yard, it's about 15 feet high. I just about gave it up for dead this spring. Okay. And uh, But I left it, and then it sprung to life, and it's lovely and healthy now. And uh, my question is, uh, now it's come back, there are a whole bunch of green shoots, healthy shoots, growing out of the bottom of the tree. <coughs> yeah. And should I be leaving those or taking them out? I or? would take them out. It, did it relief all the way to the top? Yes, it did. Okay, good. So what it was doing is it wasn't too sure if it was going to survive on the top, and probably part of it was from that freeze-dried in back in September last year when it went down to minus 18 or minus right. 15. Um, that affected a lot of the hardwood trees like the ash, the maples, the birches, stuff like that. Okay. And... Uh, so, and that's good that it, it was able to, because uh, I see a lot of green ash where they're not leafing out to the top. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that yours had done that. So yeah, I would just trim those suckers off. So what it was doing, it was getting ready. It wasn't too sure if it was going to survive on the top. So it started shooting out the bottom because it had all that energy in the spring. Right. So it was starting to shoot out its uh, new roots. Right. Yep. So okay. you can just trim those off. Unless one of them looks in the right spot that you want it to to uh, fill in a spot, then you can leave it. But if uh, if it's just suckering out of the bottom, I would just take those off. Okay. All righty. Thanks so much for your help. You're very welcome. All right. I'm going to take a break for the a couple commercials. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Allison. I think I chatted about you. I sent a text in, I believe. Hi, Allison. Hi. How are you? Good. 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 Um, Yes, you did answer uh, some of my questions on my text as I was waiting on hold. So uh, that was marvelous. Um, and then I have an additional question. So you said to, uh, for the Jostaberry yeah. that it looks like it needs some food. Yes. It just looks and, like it's in a probably a fairly warm spot up against the house. Yeah, it's up against the garage. I have currants there too. Yeah. And they're just, I planted them a couple of years ago. They're just thriving. They just yeah. love it there. Yeah, no, but, that's a perfect spot. But that soil in that one spot might be just a little bit different. Um, yeah. So just you might want to just add a bit of soil amendment around that one and just ensure it's getting a, enough water. When I just see it drying out the bottom um, yeah. on that, it just uh, just tells me that it's just lacking food and it's using everything up. Because it looks like you got a ton of new growth on it as well. Yeah, but the the leaves are all kind of droopy, like where where the current beside it is just all like all perky. All the leaves are perked up and, yeah, and beautiful again, and shiny. Yeah, you almost look like you need some... Like you said, it just looks like it's starving a little bit. Like, not okay. starving, but it definitely needs some food. So 15, 30, 15 would be great because the leaves are a little bit chlorotic on it as well. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, just the, You're starting to see green veins in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like on the on part of it, so that's it. Just tells me that it's just it's just lacking food and uh, just growing crazy. But I see in your greenhouse. I have a mm-hmm. quick question. You're growing in the in the straw bales. 
Yes, I am. Yeah. How, how is that working for you? Oh, it's amazing. Um, I'm eating, I've been eating cucumbers for about a month now. Oh, nice. And uh, it's just that one cucumber that I'm having troubles with. Um, and there's a lot of flies in there. They, they like, well, buzz around and land on everything, and then there's, like, little black poops on everything. Yeah. Well, you're going to get that because with the straw bales, too, like, mm-hmm. you have a lot of compostable material, right? And you yeah. probably have some rotting going on in there, which which will bring in the flies. And yeah. uh, and you're also growing in a, it looks like a grow cube on the one hanger. Um, like- yeah, I have a, a little, it's like a... A corner for a shower thing, like one of those yeah. little wire baskets, yeah, and I lined it with uh, that <laughs> fabric and put dirt in there. And, oh, nice! Yeah, I put some uh, a hanging mint in there and a tomatilla. Yeah, no, looks great. No, like everything in there looks great. But I just noticed yeah, in the picture, yeah, you, yeah, you're growing in the straw bale. So do you just like when you get the straw bale, do you just pull it out and then you you stuff some sto- soil in the middle of that? No, there's um, very little soil. I put some. Um, some compost on top, and then I kind of worked it into the straw, and yep. then you fertilize the bales and water them until they're for about two weeks. Yeah. And then they are ready to plant. It's just like you reach in there, and it's nice and warm, and it's... Well, yeah, you get that spontaneous combustion going, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's, yeah, I know I was in England. Amazing. I went... I went to the Lost Garden of Heligan, and actually they grow bananas in a pit, and they use a lot of that. They use manure and, and straw and stuff like that, and they grow pineapples and that in England. And uh, so if anybody ever gets a chance to go, go to, it's down in Cornwall, and it's called the Lost Garden of Heligan. It's it's nice. awesome. It's an old estate garden that the... Uh, the horticultural society over there in England has refurbished. It's a couple hundred years old, but it's just amazing. They have a coal-fired walls, and they wow. have yeah, they have peaches and stuff growing like or typically wouldn't grow. <laughs> so it, it's kind of neat. It's a just yeah. a big old estate garden, so it's it's awesome. So yeah, I'm growing stuff that I would have never dreamed of growing here in Calgary. So I have cantaloupe going. I have watermelon. I have butternut. Oh, nice. Squash. Yeah, and. There and I've got two like quite big pumpkins already, and they're just like everything is extremely happy. Like, well, no, because you, um, you're feeding it natural food eat. too, right? Like, so uh-huh. which is great. No, it looks like I said everything in there in the pictures looks looks great, looks nice and oh, healthy. Thanks, yeah, and that's why I was concerned about those, you know, those couple things because they're just kind of. Those two things are just really sad, and they stand out because everything else is happy. Yep. And um, it's just a, a, probably a different, in that area there, the soil isn't quite as good for that. Okay. And uh, yeah. so just amend that up, give it a little bit of food, and I think it'll come right back because you're, you're doing everything else great. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Merle, for All your right. time. And I really enjoy your show. I treat it like church every Sunday. <laughs> everything else is is off the board. Awesome. I and, appreciate and it. And I sit and I listen to my church every day, awesome. <laughs> every Sunday. Awesome. I Thank wish, you. I wish, you know, you had a show every day where people could <laughs> call in and then, there's not enough of you though. <laughs> yeah, no, you have to come down to the garden center for a visit. Yes. There. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I'll ask for you. Okay. Thanks, We'll Allison. talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, where I'm at for time. Actually, I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And where am I going to go? I think I'm going to go. I've been answering a bunch of texts, so I'm going to go up to the phone lines and uh, chat with Dean. Good morning, Dean. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I got some grass seed off you probably four or five years ago. Okay. Never opened it. Does it ever go bad? Um. For the most part, it, it depends. If it's kept in a cool, darker place, it should be fine. Um, you might have um, less germination rate if it's if it's uh, an older, older seed like that. Because sometimes, if it just gets totally dried out, it'll uh, it, it'll lose its uh, life inside there. But I've seen a lot of seed, old seed, be totally fine. So just maybe okay, spread it a little heavier in in some of the spots when you're. And uh, and then just when you're watering, you'll see what the germination rate. And this heat and a little bit of water won't take long. Anyways, I told you first, I already put it down almost two weeks ago. Yeah, and you're not and getting watered, anything? Well, I watered it most of it. Almost every day I watered it twice a day, morning and night. There's, there's two days I only got it once, and maybe like it, it got a little crusty on top. Yeah, which is fine, um, which is fine. You should, and are okay. you seeing any germination at all? There's, there's a, there's a, patch about the size of a baseball where it's come up good and then the rest area is just really it's just yeah one here and there like yeah no then maybe that uh that leaf or those seeds have lost their uh effectiveness lost their germination and lost their life they just got maybe this dried out so should I try again this year or wait till next year or what um no you still have time right now like we're still we're mid-august so we still got august september to get uh get seed in so I know one of our clients on the east side of Cali just put a bunch of grass seed in, and it's coming up um, quite quick. Because if you get the good fresh seed, too, it'll germinate really quite fast, and especially with the heat. The ground's nice and warm right now from the summer, so it, it's actually perfect for that. How would you recommend me redoing it then? Absolutely, My yeah. Steps, no, what steps do you should, How should I do it? Make sure I do it right. Um, I would just um, give everything a good rake again. And then yeah. just go put your seed in, and then I like to rake it again. Um, how big of an area are you doing? Uh, it's only about maybe 20 feet by 3 feet, yeah. 20 by 4. Yeah, so yeah, just do it that way. Use a broadcast spreader. Just go on fairly heavy, and then just rake it in, mm-hmm. and then just try to keep it water two or three times a day, and uh, just keep it moist until you start seeing it sprouting up, and then you can cut back to once a day. All right, okay. All righty. Thanks, Mom. All right. Good luck, Dean. Thanks. Bye. All right. And we're at Tom. Good morning, Tom. Oh, good morning, Merle. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can I help you? I have three uh, trembling aspen trees in my backyard. They look very much like the ones you'd see out in the bush, actually. Yeah. Yep. Um, but one of them is really doing poorly. He was uh, infested with the leaf rollers this year and the leaves are always smaller on that guy too yeah and the other two aren't doing that great either every year there's branches that i have to cut off because they've died off um i'm wondering why are these guys suffering so much do they need fertilizer or yeah they do and and again they've really been affected by some of this these cold um falls that we have like in that september i keep referring back to it but it did damage a lot of our trees especially the aspens as well like they got freeze dried and it sort of breaks apart the tissue on them and uh 
and, and it just uh, kills off the branches. So I would just prune those off, and I would definitely fertilize. It makes a big difference um, in giving the nutrients into our trees and that, and it helps them. Because you got to think in the forest, when all the plants lose their leaves, that no one's there cleaning up, right? So it recomposes. It, they're steadily feeding themselves, like they create that nice forest floor for them. Right. And when we're always cleaning up, they don't get to, like Mother Nature isn't doing its job. So that's where we got to kick in and and help them out. So oh, okay. So, what what would you recommend for fertilizer? I would just do like a twenty 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 something like that. Good water soluble. And if it's something you don't want to do yourself, you can call like our pruned up guys and just get on our feeding program where they come in the spring and fall, and uh, and get you set up that way. So oh, sounds great. All right. Do you think do you think they're short of water too, or is um, it depends. Is the one that's not looking good? Is it on the on the higher side of them? You know, they're all only about six feet from each other. I, I, I would say he's on the lower side. Okay. Uh, so he should be getting more of the water. Yeah, just, uh, and again, like, they're, they are living things. Um, yeah, I, I don't really, can't really say for sure, but I would just ensure that, and what I do around my, like, around aspens, I like to take this grass out around them and use bark mulch underneath them. Okay. Because okay. they, they sucker, right? You're not sucker, but they grow in clones. So right. they have shallow root systems. So they do like to keep that, um, the moisture in there. That They really like the forest floor. So that's where I like to recreate that. And then you can add a couple things underneath. Like a mountain pine looks awesome with, with aspens. So if you uh-huh. want to add a little evergreen in there, put a mountain pine in with it. They look great. Yeah, these things have landscaping rock under them, so maybe they're not liking that. Yeah, yeah that's that's definitely part of it. They prefer okay. the mulch and that sort of that natural forest floor. So, okay. Because they have quite shallow roots, so they could be just getting kind of fried, you know what I mean, with the rock? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, well, I'll look at that then. Maybe I'll change that up. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. It looks like I can probably – actually, I'm just going to take a break and uh, and then we'll uh, get back to the callers right after that. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Kate. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. How can I help I, you? I put in new sod in my yard, okay. and it is full of weeds. Mm. Is that normal? Um, no, depending on the soil that you had underneath it. So probably there was lots of um, weed seed in the in the soil, and it's growing up through the sod. Okay, because I the- would be my guess. I'm just because um, was the sod there was no there was no or so- weeds in the sod when you laid the sod. The um, a landscaper laid the sod, and yeah. I didn't. Once it was down, I didn't see any weeds. Yeah. But the when they took out my old lawn, my old lawn didn't have weeds in it. I had um, like it had it was really like I kept a really close eye on it, and I sprayed every weed that yeah. came up, so there wasn't any. But I was replacing the sod because of my animals. Okay. And so I needed to do something. And it, it it was all over the yard, so I just wanted to replace it all. Yeah. But, but now I have this infestation of weeds. 
my guess would be the soil they brought in um, possibly had a, a bunch of uh, a yeah. weed seeds in it. So what you can do is um, fertilize with our good fertilizer, the Green Up Lawn yeah. Fertilizer, and then get some Killex and just give it a couple okay. sprays, oh, and well. that should knock those down and get them under control. So. Okay. So would you, um, would, should I, how many times should I water that, or not water that, but um, fertilize it? Well, now, at this time of year, I would just do it this one last time here. Okay. Yeah, okay. and then that just give it a really good fertilizer one last time, and then and then just start again next spring. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then uh, like when these warmer days, when it's real real hot like this, I maybe wouldn't. Um, if you're gonna spray the weeds, I'd go out early in the morning right now when there's a bit of that dew on there. That's perfect for them. Or would it work after right after I water? Because I water um, during the night. Yeah, yeah, or it can't be real, real wet. Like, you just want a little bit of dew on oh, there. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, just early, early morning. and uh, But then just don't water for one day. Like, just hold off if you're going to spray the Killex. Okay. And I also have two um, lilac bushes. One of them is fantastic this year. The other one had a bunch of dead uh, branches on it, so I cut them off. And that one, that bush is not doing very well. And now I notice that it looks like it's a sucker coming up. Yeah, there's probably a bunch of deadwood, and that's what lilacs do. If they're not healthy up top, they'll start sucking up from the bottom. So, again, if it's not looking great, I would just take that whole thing right down to the ground, and we call that Ah. rejuvenation. Okay. And that way you're not fighting with old deadwood, and all the energy goes into new growth. I did take off all that deadwood. Okay. But... It, it just didn't come back. So if I just cut it off, like... Yeah, yeah go three or four from... inches off the ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it'll just, it'll, all that energy will go into new growth, so... Okay. All right. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Good Bye-bye. luck. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, and if you are laying sod, I know our, on one of our landscape projects, we laid a bunch of sod yesterday in the heat. So if you're laying new sod in this heat, too, you want to water sort of two to three times a day, um, sort of half hour each section um, each time and for the first week at least and then just just keeping it moist and stay off it as, uh, as much as possible because um, when you're watering that much until the loam firms up and the roots get in there and then it gets all for it's pretty mushy so just just stay off it give everything good watering if you're if you are laying sod in this heat and if you're buying sod especially when it's this hot if you're doing it yourself, the sod can't sit more than a day. You get this heat, and if there's a little bit of fertilizer in there, you get that spontaneous combustion that's called hot sod, and you'll see it. It'll start steaming in about two or three days, and it just starts rotting right on the pallet. So if you are, make sure you're ordering sod for the day you want to do it, and just be careful out there so you're not uh, out doing it in the heat, heat of the day. Um, it's hard on you when you're doing that. Just stay hydrated, just like your sod. And I got a bit of time. I'm going to go to Fred. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Merle. I'm calling about my hollyhocks. Okay. And each year I say I'm going to limit the height of them because of our windy conditions. Yeah. So, you know, they're growing seven and a half feet tall, Whoa. and the wind blows them sideways. At what point in the early growth period can I cut them back and stop them uh, growing too tall. Well, what you can do is you can give them a pinch when they get to that sort of 
two to three feet stage. You can just maybe clip the tops off and it'll thicken them up. And then what I also do is you can get those larger uh, peony rings sort of thing. Yes. And put them around it. Um, and that really helps hold them up. Like do it when they're smaller. Like put the, the peony ring around it when it's, when it's small. Right. And then it'll grow up through it and then it'll be able to hold them up a lot right. better. But if you give them that pinch, um, it'll thicken up. I do that with my dahlias as well. Like it'll just, uh, it helps, especially ones with the big blooms, like the hollyhocks and dahlias, things yeah, like that. Exactly. Yep. See, the one area I've got has got 15 feet of hollyhock. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's pretty impractical yeah, to have try a, and support them. <laughs> yeah, you have a nice spot for them. Obviously, they're liking yeah, it. It is, ex- exactly. Nice, and, nice and warm, I bet. Yes, it is. It's on the south side of the house, and it's in a perfect area. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, just try that. Do that when it gets that two, three feet, pinch it a couple times, and then it'll send out two or three stalks at that one point. Right. And it should definitely help thicken it up. Yeah, I do have two and three stalks from each plant. So I've got one hell of a lot of hollyhocks. (laughs) Okay, Merle. All right. Well, you're probably getting lots of pollinators out there, lots of bees and (laughs) stuff like that. Oh, the bees just love them. That's why we have them. No, awesome. That's great. Good job, Fred. Bye. All right. Take care. All right, and I'm going to take one more call before the break, and we're going to go to Karen. Good morning, Karen. Sorry about that. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I'm calling about gardening books. Okay. Are there any good gardening books for just um, your general flower gardening, vegetable gardening, as well as greenhouse gardening? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. There's... um, um, Lois Hole um, has quite a few good books. Then they're local Alberta books. The Millerville Horticultural Society has one. It's called Gardening Under the Arch. Okay. It's a, it's a good one. Um, and if you join the Calgary Horticultural Society too, there's lots of forums and things like that that you can follow in on, and they have their newsletter that comes out, I think, four or five times a year. It's sort of like a mini book. Okay, uh-huh. Um, they do it online now. They they used to do it as a, a little book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I agree. It's it's You have to be careful when you're reading a lot of the books because they're not for our area. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and yeah. But you can pick and choose, and then, and just um, sometimes you just got to adjust the advice um, to Alberta because it's uh, we're dealing with a little bit of a different beast here with our our frosts, our chinooks, and things like that. So, but a lot of it is general rule is very similar to most areas. But those uh-huh. are those are good tried and true books um, that are out there, and I know Donna Balzer had a book out as well. And uh, and who else? Janet Melrose just uh, they just put out a, a new uh, production published book um, that they just put out, and I don't know the name of it. But if you if you Google uh, Janet Melrose, uh-huh. um, her her tag is the Cottage Gardener. Um, they just okay. said, they they just put out a new book as well. So okay. All right. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's that's in. Like I said, the horticulture side is a great little group to grow, to join too because they always have lots of sharing. So okay, oh, sounds good. All right, thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to take my last break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I got a text here that says, I lost all my standing junipers all in different locations on the yard. Was it something unusual? And again, that was, it was that last September, it just freeze-dried a lot of the upright juniper cedars, depending on what part of town you're in. Um, we do have a, a new a newer um upright columnar spruce it stays really narrow it's a dark green it's called the north pole spruce so if you're looking to do those spruce hedges or those columnar you kind of want that cypress look in your backyard something like that these are great and uh and they're nice and hardy and they stay in that four to five feet wide they go straight up and they're nice dark green and they're uh nice 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 looking plant and they stay nice and tight so um, if you're looking for something to replace some of those upright junipers, if you have a wide open spot, um, you can look at those North Pole spruce. And I'm going to go to Albert. Good morning, Albert. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I got, I got three orange trees, and there's there must be different kinds, like they're the Japanese or Mandarin or whatever. Yeah. But there's two of them got the shit, they're about an inch long thorns on them. And yeah. the other one doesn't. So I was just wondering which is which and how long does it take to get oranges on them and yeah. got them in the house and that. So yeah, they take, yeah, they take a bit of time to ripen up. Um, so what they do is... Well, I got no oranges on it now. Okay, so nothing at all? D- no, did you get any blooms at all? No. Okay, so what you got to do is fertilize it with a 15-30-15 you want a high middle number, that'll help produce some blossoms and get the fruit going. Oh, yeah. Give that a try. And lots of sun. Like, they, they need lots of sun. Well, they're in the sun all morning, like if they're in the east window. Yeah, east, if you can get them into a, a little uh, afternoon sun longer, is better for them. Like, I have mine out in the southwest exposure, a big lemon, and it just loves it. Like, it just it thrives on that full sun. Alrighty, give what, that a try, Albert. What's with the thorns? The what? Oh, they yeah, all the citrus all have thorns. That's just a natural predator to keep things from coming up and stealing the fruit. <laughs> there's, well, there's only two that got thorns, and the other one doesn't. Um, it could be one of the varieties. It could be the calamindin, calamindin, whatever. It's a smaller one. It doesn't have as big of thorns. Oh. Alrighty. Maybe thanks. That's what it is. Yep. Thanks, okay, Albert. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, and I'll take the last call of the day here. We'll speak with Carol. Good morning, Carol. Oh, good morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. I'll try and be quick. Um, I've got Virginia creepers, Broadmoor junipers, snow in the mountains, and I've been fertilizing them every week with 2020. Yep. Up until the end of July, which yep. is right. Now, what can I use on them from now until when I have to totally stop? And how often? Yeah, is- you should stop fertilizing until about. Uh, into September when we start getting some cool nights and you start seeing the colors change. And then, again, if you've been feeding pretty steady through the summer, for the most part, you should be good. Okay. Um, if you want to give them one more shot, um, just in closer to the end of September, you can give them another one of the 2020-20, which is fine. So right now I should stop altogether until yep. the end of September and give them a last shot? Yep. Absolutely. If you've had a good steady feeding program, I would start slowing them down. Okay. And if I do want to do it, would it be what, once every two weeks or just not? I would just give them one more shot going into fall because it's just going to sit there till next spring for the most part. Okay. 
and it just reloads it up, builds the sugars back up, and then away you go. Okay, one more quick question regarding... Actually, I just got to put you on hold because I'm at the end of the show here, and I can just take you off air. Awesome, I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Again, thanks for listening, everybody. This show flew by, unbelievable. And uh, we'll get our garden on next week right here on 770 CHQR.